Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Tonight, uh, go with me to Mark chapter five, and uh, I don't I don't always do this. I actually haven't done it in a very long time. Uh, but while we were worshiping tonight, um, I decided to not preach the sermon that I was going to preach and to preach a different sermon, uh, just something that I've kind of been thinking about last couple of days. And um, as we were worshiping, I felt like I think, Lord, this is what what you're saying tonight. I'm only telling you that for 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 this reason, um, because I, I want us every time we open up the Bible. To, to remember that the Bible is a living book. The, the Bible is a living document. The, the Bible is not dead. Your U.S. history book, it is dead. Someone said amen. Your English textbook, it is dead. Someone said amen. Your vocab textbook with the loudest one, someone said amen. You, you guys still have the orange vocab textbook you, or the little book, booklet? Anybody besides for me, you fill that thing out in a group effort at like 7.30 a.m. Well, like that's, that's, it was always a group effort with us for vocab. We did vocab together, although I don't think it was a group activity. Um, but but the, the Bible, it, it, it's, it's living. The Bible says that, that it's the living, breathing words of God. I've said it before, but like a text message. Um, I got a text message earlier from, from a friend telling me something um, about something that he, he just had, had happened to him at work today. And those words are living. Those are living real-time words because my friend is alive because we serve a living God. His word speaks today. And one of the things we have to remember whenever we open up our Bible, and I really do hope one of the things um, as... I'm thinking about the summertime as I'm thinking about what LYC looks like in the future. One of the things that I want us to get back to is to being a community that's just obsessed with the word of God, because we have to remember that the Bible, it's not to just be read, but it ministers to us. Uh, that, that word minister, it, it, it means that it, 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 it brings healing. It, it, it speaks to us. It does something on the inside that no, no one and no, nothing else can do because it's God real time speaking to us. And so I'm not changing my sermon tonight because I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like, let's just, I, I, I just felt when we were worshiping, I think that there's something God wants to say tonight that maybe is a little bit different than what I was going to preach. So we are going to start a new series um, next week. And uh, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you what the title is because I've been laughed at two times already. I told my wife, she literally started hysterically laughing and she's like, oh, Mr. Relevant. And I'm like, really? That like, you need to be submissive. That's what the Bible says. And then, and then I, told, I told sweet Olivia, I thought Olivia was a sweetheart. I thought she had like a gentle, God-loving spirit. She started hysterically laughing at me. And so the series we're gonna start next week will either be the most relevant series of all time or the cheesiest series of all time. Either way, you're going to suck it up and tell me that it's awesome. Uh, like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, but we're starting a series next week. Um, okay, just get the laughter out. But I'm titling the series we're starting next week called Woke. It's kind of cheesy, right? Like totally, totally cheesy. But, but hold on, let me give you a little preface. It actually has nothing to do with, uh, with like social um, in, injustice or anything happening in our country it's, it's this idea that, that this whole concept of like being woke, 
it's actually a biblical concept that's been hijacked and perverted. And I think that it's more relevant than ever before in the day that we're living in, that God's called us to be socially aware, but spiritually discerning. And I'm gonna, we're gonna start the series next week. How, how do we actually be aware of what's happening socially? But because we've been awakened by Jesus that we can be spiritually discerning to really know what's really happening underneath the, the surface of this. So we're gonna start next week. But tonight I want you to go to Mark chapter five. Mark chapter five, um, man, I just had a flashback. It like used to be a thing when this was not LYC when it was 11, where anytime we read the book of Mark, the whole room would go, Mark? And that didn't happen tonight, which made me sad. Uh, Mark chapter five, uh, starting in verse 21, uh, I wanna read, it's actually a whole bunch of scripture. And so because I just changed the sermon like 10 minutes ago, Brad will have the scripture, but not all, uh, any other points. So um, you, you can just follow along or take good notes. But it says this, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. Verse 22, and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and he begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Now you may not, not get this because I did not get this until I started having babies. Well, my wife started having babies. I'm not having babies. Um, but but the, 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 the love of a father for their child is, it's almost indescribable. The other day I was scrolling Facebook and someone posted a picture of this little kid that's sick in the hospital. And I literally started weeping because something about a, a child suffering, like it just, it does something because, because I'm a dad now. So I can imagine Jairus' pain coming and saying, Jesus, please, can you do anything? Because my little daughter, she lies at the point of death. Can you come and lay your hands on her that she could be healed so that she'll live? In verse 24, so Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and, and thronged him. Verse 25, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and she'd suffered many things from many physicians and she spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when, he, uh, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, he turned to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes. The disciples mocking him said, uh, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? That's ridiculous. But he looked around to see, who her, to see her who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, this is where I really want us to, to, to kind of pay attention tonight. Now, while he was still speaking with this woman, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said this, Jairus, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. 
And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead. Someone say, she's not dead. The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, but when he put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were uh, with him and entered while the child was lying. And they took the child by the hand and said to her, Talith Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. We'll stop right there. If you're taking notes, uh, write this down, the title of the sermon I'm going to preach tonight. Um, I'm going to title it this, um, In the Middle of It. In the middle of it. And, and I want to preach tonight or I want to talk tonight. What, what do you do and how do you find courage and hope when you're in the middle of it? I don't know about you, but have you ever just been in a circumstance, a situation, maybe it's you tonight with, with something going on in life where you feel like you're in the middle of it? It's, it's like I'm, I'm in the middle of life just smacking me right in the face. I'm in the middle of hurt. I'm in the middle of pain. I'm in the middle of frustration. I'm in the middle of bitterness. I'm, I'm in the middle of it. I want to preach tonight. How do we find hope and courage in the, in the middle of it? Can we pray one more time and ask God that he'd really speak and minister his word tonight? And then uh, we'll, we'll grab a couple of insights out of Mark. God, I thank you tonight for interrupting my plans. Um, I never want to stand anywhere with a microphone talking about the Bible unless it's what you're asking me to say. And so thank you, God, tonight for interrupting my plans, for being so uh, clear as we were worshiping um, what you wanted to speak out of Mark chapter 5. And while I don't have a sermon planned tonight, and so I don't exactly know how uh, this will come together. I thank you that your hand would be upon it. And tonight that you would open the ears of everyone here. God, I pray more than opening ears. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would open the hearts. God, I pray for every broken, hurting, bitter, frustrated heart in here tonight. And, and I pray in the name of Jesus that you would open their heart to receive from you hope and courage and healing. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, Amen and amen. Um, I don't know if you're into working out. By show of hands, anybody into working out? Anybody like you? We, we get it, Isaiah. We, you're wearing a tank top. We can see your biceps. We know you work out. Um, so like working out can be kind of a discouraging thing for me. Anybody else like you get discouraged when you work out? Um, Garrett's like, no, I don't get discouraged. Have you, have you met me? I'm, I'm Garrett Jones. Um, I get kind of discouraged because I'm like not the best with consistency. And here's, in case you didn't know, here's the formula for working out. You have to like work out consistently. And when you stop working out, you stop making progress. And, um, and, and you have to like eat healthy consistently. Like, I don't know why God did this, but one salad does not make up for a Taco Bell feast. Like what, I don't, like why did God do this to us? But it's just the truth. You got to do something with consent. My problem though, is that uh, I will start working out and I'll start eating healthy. And I don't know, give it like a whole, you know, maybe week week and a half, three days. And um, like, I've been, I've been working hard. I've been running. I've been lifting weights. I've been trying to be in shape. And I've been eating things like broccoli and chicken and saying no to things like frozen yogurt and ice cream. And then, and then I like look in the mirror or get on the scale and I'm like, I'm going backwards. I think I look worse than I did two weeks ago. I think how, how in the world did I 
did I like gain more? Like, ah, and I, and so I, I quit and I quit because I'm like, you know, it's not working. Like I had this illusion in my mind that if I would just do these things that I would soon look awesome. And I don't, it's not working. I've said no to frozen yogurt. This is stupid. Let's go get ice cream. Literally last night, people, like my birthday is, tonight's Isaiah's birthday. My birthday's coming up. And I told Jenny, we got to get like this dad bod right before my birthday because I don't want to have a birthday and be like, you know what? I need to work on this. I'm getting old. We're going to work on So literally last time my dad had a soccer game and we went and got ice cream afterwards and I did not have ice cream. I regretted it all night. I really, like, no, don't applause. I, all night, I'm like, man, I won't go back to Sweet Frogs. That's stupid. I should have got, I should have got Sweet Frogs. But, but I, I don't think it's too, too dissimilar from a lot of us and how, how we've experienced faith. Because here's what the Bible says. All of God's promises are yes and amen. All of God's, pro- listen, if God said it, God's going to do it. If God, God's not a man that he would lie. And if God spoke it, he will accomplish it by, and like we, it's good preaching and it's truth. But, but what do you do when, when it's good preaching and it's true, but it's just not your experience? What do you do when it's good preaching? And it's true, but Hey, that like that, ah, that's, that sounds really good. It just is not my current experience. Enter into the picture, Jairus. I don't know if you picked pick this up in the story. P.S. I dedicate the sermon to you, Isaiah, because I just remember what you told me last week. Um, but but, but in, insert Jairus. Jairus comes and Jairus has a legitimate problem. Jairus' daughter is sick. She's going to die. Matter of fact, she does die by the end of this story. She's going to die. And Jairus comes and Jairus says, Jesus, my little girl, she's on the point of death. Would you please heal her? Would you, would, you, would you just come? And here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, absolutely, let's go. Peter, get my Birkenstocks. Bring, bring, bring my analogy. Make sure it's filled up. Let's, we're, we're about to go for a journey. He goes, yeah, let's go. And so, so, so Jesus, Jesus starts walking, which, by the way, is, is no different than you and I today. Maybe Jesus is not here in physical, tangible form. F- f- funny story. Um, my daughter is going to be in first grade this year. And so she gets to go to kids camp and we have a neighbor who is not saved. And she's like, oh, I want to go to kids camp. And I said, Evelyn, you should invite Ansley to, to kids camp. Maybe she'll meet Jesus. Have you guys seen the movie Elf where Buddy freaks out because Santa's coming? My daughter lost her mind in the kitchen. She goes, Jesus, he's going to be there. The real person, Jesus is going to be there. Mom, Jesus. And I had like, how do you explain to a six-year-old? No, he's not going to be there, but he will be there. But he's not going to be there, but he will be there. It was very confusing for all of us that morning. Um, but but we, we, we can come to Jesus. Maybe he's not here in physical form, but just know tonight that when you come to Jesus and when you say, Jesus, I'm hurting, I'm broken, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with fear, with anxiety, I'm, I'm bitter. I, when you come to Jesus, the answer is always yes. If I had a point, my first point would be that the answer is always Yes. The Bible does say that all of God's promises are yes and amen. That if you have put your faith in Jesus tonight, and if you have made him the Lord of your life, the Bible says every single promise, I think it's 1 Corinthians 1.20, I think 2 Corinthians 1.20, 
Google is an amazing tool for that because um, I don't remember. But all of God's promises are, are yes and amen. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 2. I do know that. It says that by faith we've been declared right with God. Do you know tonight that by faith you're right with God? It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you will do tomorrow. The Bible says simply because I put my faith in Jesus, I'm righteous. But peace with God. We're in good relationship. And verse 2 says this, and all of his grace, blessings, benefits, it's all been made available to you. You have an all-access card tonight to anything and everything you will ever have need of because you've put your faith in Jesus. The answer is always yes. So Jesus goes, all right, Jairus, let's go. But then something happens in the middle. And, and Jesus, he's walking, and all of a sudden power goes out of him. I don't know what that feels like. But like power goes out of him. And he goes, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, someone touched me. He's in a giant crowd and the disciples are like, dude, everyone's touching you. Like what? He's like, no, 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 no. I felt power go, go out of me. If I had a second point, it might be this, that when faith meets the presence of God, the power of God is, is, is made manifest. The Bible says this woman, she just heard about Jesus. She heard about a man. Who, who was not just a man, but he was the savior. She heard about a man who had the power to heal. And so she had been sick. I think the Bible says for, 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 for maybe something close to, 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 to 40 years. I don't know what, what my mind is, is failing me, but she, she, for years she'd been sick. She'd seen every doctor. She'd used all of her money and every medicine. She was no better. And the Bible says she heard about a man named Jesus. And she goes, you know what? I just, I, I believe. And so she made her way through the crowd and the Bible says she just touched the hem of his garment, and immediately she, she was healed. You, you know what I always get a picture and why I would say my second point would be that when faith meets the presence of God, that God's power is manifest. Because whenever I read this story and, and I picture her touching the hem of his garment, you know what I picture? I picture me in a time of worship or me in my house in the presence of God just, just stretching my hands out. Just saying, Jesus, tonight, I, I know you're real. I don't, I don't know what else to do. But I've heard this, this, this thing about you that, that the answer is always yes. And so I'm going to stretch my, and when faith, what would happen if you entered into God's presence with faith? What would happen tonight if in a room like this where the presence of God is, is here, what would happen if your faith would, would be stirred to go, I don't just believe in Jesus theoretically. Jesus, I believe that you are my healer. The Bible says she stretched out her hand and boom, she was healed. Here's the problem though. Here's the problem. Um, the problem was that while all this time was transpiring, this woman being healed and Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Like Jesus forgot. Do you ever feel like Jesus forgets stuff? You ever feel like, hey God, that's amazing that you're doing all this cool stuff for other people. What about me? Hey, that's amazing, God, that Molly got into Yale. What about me, though? That's amazing that Bob got a new car. I, there was this kid, Justin, in high school. I, like, low-key, I hated this kid. Not because he did anything, but because I had the most beat-up, junky car. It had no air conditioning. And um, I, I kept T-shirts in my trunk because I got so sweaty driving. True story, I'm like, I need, I need a fresh t-shirt wherever I go. And when it rained and the windows had to, oh, it was, and Justin, three cars. 
Justin's parents, I don't, I, obviously they had money or he stole them, I don't know, but Justin had a awesome, like, uh, Jeep uh, Wrangler thing where he could, like, go off-roading. He had a dope, it's like, it's not that dope, it's, a, it's, a, it's an Accord. He had a Honda Accord, and, the, and, and, and it's like, it was, it was lit. Nah, not really, it's a Honda Accord. But my point is he had three awesome cars, and I had no air conditioning. But it's like, you're like, hey, Jesus, do you, but, like, what about me, though? Remember, Jesus, you're on the way to heal my daughter. And you stopped what you were doing to talk to this woman. And, and the Bible says before he even finished that some, some people from the house came and said, hey, don't, don't bother him anymore. It was a really good try. It, it, it felt good in the moment. Your daughter's dead, though. Let's, let's just go home. Isn't that how life works sometimes? Isn't that how life works sometimes that we, we can, whether it's because we're you know, doing our devotions or we're in a service like this or someone gives us a word from God or we're at a camp or, and we can like have this confidence in God and in him being our healer and our comforter and our protector and, and like, and, and then all of a sudden life happens. Has this ever happened to you before? Like, am I the only one that I've been super jacked that God could possibly be amazing? And then five minutes later, it feels like I'm faced with reality and it seems like God is not present. And here, here's Jairus. I thought you said the answer was yes, Jesus. I thought we were on our way to go and, and now she's gone. And here, here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, only believe, only believe. What, what Jesus is pointing to, what Jesus is telling him is, I know what the circumstance looks like, and I know what it feels like, and I know what everyone and everything is screaming at you, but you have to remember back here, you came and found me, when you reached out to me, I said, yes. Can I, can I encourage you? Can I remind you? Can I stir you up tonight? It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what, what's going on on the inside. It doesn't matter the, the, the pain. The, all of that is so real. And I do not want to minimize. Like, I'm the feeling guy. Jenny and I, my wife, we have a little phrase in, in our marriage. Feelings are real. They just are, aren't they? Like, even if feelings are not based in reality, feelings are real. If I said, man, I feel like Matt Tillery hates me. So he hates me. That might not be true. But the reality is that I feel like that. And, and I think we have to remember that feelings do matter because feelings are real. But oftentimes our feeling is not based in reality. I feel a lot of things that if I just get in a clear headspace, I'm like, that's not true. Matt doesn't hate me. He's not competing for the best eyebrow award. He knows, like, I, like I got that on lock. Like, he knows that. He knows. It, it, feelings are real, but they're not always based in reality. And, and, and what Jesus is pointing Jairus to is he was saying, no, 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 no. I know what the circumstance is saying and what's screaming at you. But remember what I said. I'm, I'm like coming up with points on, on the fly, but, but, but I think the first thing I can gather out of this is that the, the, the answer is always yes. 
whatever you need tonight, the answer abundantly is yes. When, when my faith, when it meets the presence of God, the power of God is, is experienced. But I have to remember, this will be my third point. Don't get it twisted. I'm not ending right here. We might have a lot of points tonight. But, but my third point would, would simply be that I got to remember what he said back there. I, 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 ha- I have to have a good memory to say, listen, I, I know, I know this is what it looks like. I know this is what it feels like. But I also know what God said. I'm going to re- re- read you a quick, quick verse. It probably won't be on the screen. Um, I don't know. Brad's super awesome. Um, it's, it's 1 Peter Chapter four, something, something. Brad, could you get chapter four, something, something on the screen? Try to have it, have it by the time I get there. Um, first Peter chapter four. That's so embarrassing when like you're the preacher and you can't find the book of the Bible. It's like, where are you, first Peter? I know you're in here. I know what you're thinking. This guy doesn't even really read his Bible. Um, first Peter chapter four. Come on, where's first Peter? I'm going to find it. I don't want help. I want to, here it is, here it is, here it is. I, I, I knew it was in here. First Peter chapter four. Here, here, here's what it says. That's second Peter. That's so embarrassing. That's not funny, guys. It's not funny. For, first Peter chapter four, li, listen to this. Um, I thought it was chapter four. Stop this. Stop it now. Remember, it's according to your faith. Let it be done. You don't believe that I can find the scripture, and so it's not being done right now. This is all your fault. Um, oh, man. For, I should just Google it. For, in First Peter, I think it's chapter 4 something. This is what Peter says. P- Peter says, don't, don't count it as a surprise. Matt, if you could find it, that'd be awesome. Don't count it as a surprise. Don't be shocked. Don't be, like it's not James, don't be disarmed when, when you fall in, in, into various trials. Verse 12, thank you, my man, my man, someone believes in me. First uh, Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Listen, Peter goes, uh, hold, hold up, hold up. Why are you in a tailspin? Because this is happening to me right now. Yeah. But why are you in a tailspin? Because this is happening to me right now. Yeah. But, but why are you? Because I just thought that when I, when I said yes to Jesus and when I said that all of God's promises are yes and amen and the answer is, I, I just thought that that, like that meant like life will be good. But can I tell you, my friends, that is not the case. That we live in a fallen, broken world is full of pain and hurt and disaster. Can, can, can I give you a piece of, piece of advice that someone gave me a long time ago that really helped me? They said, Brandon, if you're going to serve God for the long haul, like if you're going to make it to your deathbed still serving Jesus, you're going to have to find a box that you can put in your head of all of the I don't knows. Because did you know that life is full of I don't knows? Wait, hold up, Brandon. The Bible said this. Why didn't that happen? Wait, hey, I'm doing everything I can to serve God and do the right thing. Why is this? I don't know. 
But the piece of advice that I was given, they said, Brandon, if you're going to serve God for the long haul, you can only serve him based on what you know, not on what you don't know. Because if I try to follow Jesus and I try to serve God based on all the unknowns, it is a futile effort because there are so many things that I don't know. I... I, I don't, the Bible says God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. There's some things that, that because we live in a complex, broken world that only Jesus will restore at the coming of the new age, that, that there's going to be, that there's mystery in it. And, and Peter goes, why, why do you think it's strange concerning these fiery trials which, which are happening to you? Why are you acting like, in other words, this is normal. This is life, which, which by the way, and this is kind of getting off, off topic a little bit, but we'll come back and we'll, we'll close soon. Um, but do, do you know why you were saved? Because I think that a lot of us, and maybe, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm projecting on you, but I think a lot of us, we, we think we're saved for a better life here on earth. Which, by the way, Jesus does promise that he's real and he's relevant and he meets us right where we are. But do you know what Paul writes in the book of Romans? Paul's talking about how amazing eternity is going to be. That Jesus is going to completely wipe away every tear. And all the pain and the hurt and the brokenness and the dysfunction and the tragedy. Jesus will make all things new. The Bible says that there will be such joy and celebration inexpressible in eternity. Jesus right now is making a home for us. And Paul goes, it's in that hope that we were saved. Do you know that we weren't saved in the hope of just a better life here on earth, but we were saved in the hope of Jesus returning and our home with him. Paul, Paul, Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians. He says, if, if we're only living for what God can do for us right here, right now, we are the most pitiful people. He literally uses the word pitiful. He says, if, if this whole thing is just about right now, we are the most pitiful people. Because it's not. The Bible says of, of, of all the, the men and women of faith that they lived as sojourners. They, they lived on a continual camping trip, never putting roots down, never making this life their home, always on a journey knowing Jesus will return. God will make all things new. God will restore. And when I am with him, all, every tear will be wiped away and all will be made new again. We're living for the hope of eternity. But in the meantime, in the meantime, sometimes we're in the middle of it. Can, can I just encourage you tonight? If you're in the middle of it, that is not evidence that God is not present. If you're in the middle of it tonight, and you, 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 you feel and you have legitimate, real, that is not, that's not evidence that God is not present because Jairus was in the middle of it, wasn't he? His, his, his daughter, she actually literally, she, she died. But, but and, and we'll, we'll close right here. Kimberly, if you want to play, that'd be helpful because that helps me to know. Land the plane, bro. Um, his daughter was actually dead, but what Jairus did that I think some of you need to be encouraged to do tonight is Jairus kept walking. How, how easy would it have been? And I'm, I'm just putting myself in his shoes. You said you were going to heal my daughter. We were on the way. We were, we were literally on the way. We don't know how, how long this interruption took. I, maybe it was five minutes. Maybe it was five, five hours. I don't know. 
we were on the way to heal my daughter. You gave me your guarantee that you were going to heal her. And now I got my, my friends telling me, give up, man. Hey, don't, don't, don't bother the, 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 the teacher anymore. It's over. It's over. It's too, it's too, too late. How easy would it have been for Jairus to go, no, I'm good. I'm good. Jesus, I just need a minute. Thank you, but... And that's what so many people do, don't they? Hey, what happened to so-and-so? Life. I've been doing youth ministry for 12 years now. I know so many high schoolers who life was amazing. God is awesome. And then life happened. And, and all this since I, I can't, I can't, I, I remember this was years and years ago and I won't rehash it all, but there was a tragedy that happened in, in, in our middle school. I think Matt, you were in middle school. Um, maybe it was when you were in ninth or 10th grade, but there, there was a, a tragedy. A young man lost his life in a inexplicable way. And, and I remember getting phone call after phone call after phone call. It was five phone calls I got like in the course of like 15 minutes. Students that are part of youth ministry. Brandon, how can you possibly say that God is a good God and has a purpose and a plan? And this happened. I know so many people that life happens. All right, well, I know that all the promises of God are yes and amen. And that was like, that was awesome at youth group when life was good. But, but I, I can't explain this. I can't figure this out. I don't have an answer for, for this. And so... They just stopped walking. But Jairus kept walking. Jairus went, okay, because Jesus said, only believe. Hey, oh, if you don't hear anything else tonight, maybe you need to go home with only believe. Only believe. Oh, just, I'm, I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep walking because Jesus walks home. He gets to Jairus' house. He, he excuses everybody from the room. And in a moment... He says, little girl, arise. And a little girl who was legitimately dead. He, he, he said she was, she was sleeping, but that it, it really, uh, it, it alludes to the power of our words. It points us to the power of how we talk about things. This little girl, she wasn't sleeping, she was dead. Jesus said, no, 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 with me, nothing's dead. Nothing's impossible. And so he said, she, but she was dead. And Jesus in a moment, Little, little girl arise. And, and what Jairus could have given up on back here because he kept walking, because he kept walking, because he kept trusting, because he kept, like, how, how far do you think the walk was? I don't know. Did you know that in the Bible that a day's journey was 20 miles? So we don't know how long they were walking. I don't, I don't know, was it 15 minutes? Was it, was it an hour? Was it three hours that Jairus had to walk wrestling with? He said, he said just believe. He said, just believe. But she's dead. I, mean, I, it's, it, I don't know how long he had, he had to walk, but the point is that he kept walking and he kept following. He kept trusting in. And Jesus did what he promised he would do. He, 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 he did what he promised he, 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 he would do. And I, I think that, that the encouragement or the word from the Lord tonight is keep walking. Keep, keep, keep walking. You know, the other thing we, we, we got to just factor in, um, don't decide in your mind right now. 
Don't decide in your, in your mind right now what the solution is. Because sometimes God has a way of doing things and, and, and rectifying things and bringing healing in, in a way that, that, that you, you didn't think. My wife and I, we got an argument on Saturday, real, real life argument. It was real. And, and here, here's what the argument was. Jenny, my garage is a disaster. It's a disaster. You're acting like my, my garage is the new Rock Hill Goodwill. There is so much furniture and baby clothes and like and and she she got mad at me rightfully so she goes she goes do you, do you want me to throw it all away Be, because we could throw it all away or we could recognize that all this clutter really what it what it is it's the blessing of the lord because all of these pieces of furniture and we got we got bags and bags of, i we have but i don't think we've hasn't been very much. We never buy our kids clothes or shoes because we've had so many people just give us bags and bags and bags and bags of clothes and shoes and 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 I'm looking going like it's it, it's clutter. It's and she's like, hey, recognize what you think is clutter is the blessing of God. The solution might not be what you think it is. The answer might not be what what you think it is. The process might not look like what you want it to or think it, but God is always faithful. And if we will keep walking and we'll keep trusting and we'll keep following and depending upon him, God will meet us right where we are and he will always do what he, what he promised he would do. You just can't give up in the middle because I think there are those of you who are here tonight, you're just in the middle of it. You're in the middle of it. You're, you're in the middle of the story in Mark chapter five, where, where Jairus goes from, yes, healing but he's in the middle where everything and everyone's telling me it's over, give up, quit, it won't work. And you might be in the middle of it, but God is still faithful. And Jesus is still able to do what only he can do. Would you close your eyes? We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.